You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, what we're going to be continuing today in our series of Shirim on the healing waters of Rabbeinu Ha'arizal is going to be what follows the sugya of the Tzimtzum, which is going to be the sugya of the Kav. Now, like we discussed last week, that whichever way we approach the concept of Tzimtzum, whichever way that we decide to look at this sugya, ultimately what HaKadosh Baruch Hu needed to do Kav Yachol, and again, like the Lashem Shoah Vachaloma tells us and other tzaddikim tell us, anytime we utilize the language of necessity or hechrech when it comes to the writings of the Arizal, it doesn't mean, God forbid, that there's actually any level of necessity because God is on, the only necessary existent. He is the Mechliyaf HaMetzias. Absolutely everything else, including the highest levels of Giluyim, are going to be considered possibilities in relationship to the essential Mechliyaf HaMetzias, so that anytime we speak about any necessity after the essence of God, so to speak, and whatever framework we could theoretically discuss that, it doesn't mean that it's actually necessary, but it means that once HaKadosh Baruch Hu has decided to reveal himself and his will in this world, by way of these laws and regulations, they become sedimented as necessities for us, but they're not actually necessary. But nevertheless, after the necessary removal of the infinite light, now whether that was a removal or a further expression of an element of concealment that now appears to be limitation, either way we look at symptoms, concealment or removal, what we're now aware of is that in order to create, in order to effectuate the possibility of existence, Hashem needed to make an empty space. Without this emptiness, without this void, which gives birth to all of the symptoms of what we might refer to as abysmal depths or areas that appear to be separate and apart from the Rabbanu Shleilam, down to each and every one of our own individualized experiences, all of those emerge from within the sugya of Tzimtzum. Tzimtzum is the vacancy that takes shape after the departure of the full and unbridled investment of the infinite light into the space of all possibility of existence. And then there is an empty space, a halal, a place of deficiency, a place of separation, or all of this is apparent separation, but nevertheless, it needs to actually be seen as separation. It's the halal itself. After the halal, HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided in his infinite wisdom to re-enter a ray of infinite light back down into that halal from the top down to the middle towards the bottom, but arresting itself prior to its arrival down at the bottom. So that if we were thinking in pictorial form, so then we have the circular space, the void that is left behind after God, so to speak, has removed his essence from that place. And in that vacant circle, there's a re-entrance of a ray a line that descends down from the very tip top of the circle down to the lower part of the middle of the circle without arriving at the second end of the circle at the bottom. 
before we continue to discuss the nature of this kav and what this notion of a kav or ein sof, a ray or a measured ray of infinite light that returns back into the halal, let's look at the osios of the Arizal himself. And this is going to be in Shar Aleph, Anaf Beis, Trush, Igulim Vyosher, which we've been discussing in our conversation of Simpson as well. The Ari says as follows. After that symptom was effectuated, and now that there exists a vacant space, an empty air that is devoid and empty in the center of the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, literally, like we discussed above, now we have a potential space for the shape of existence, for the unfolding of the worlds. And here in the language of the Kav, as much as up to and including the Tzimtzum, we were talking about the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk as well. So here we're going to be focusing more on the Kabbalah of Rav Chaim Vital, because the Olamos of Mahari Saruk, the Olamos of the Malbish, of Avir Kadmon, of the Tihiri Law, or Adam Kadmon Stima, those are the worlds of Mahari Sarug, which existed prior to the Tzimtzum of Rav Chaim Vital. Now, there is going to be a point of confluence that we're going to see Be'ezer Sashem, based on the Rebbe's teachings, where the Kav itself, as discussed in the teachings of Rav Chaim Vital, are also going to hint or or gesture towards the deep teachings of Mahari Sarug, and we're going to see what that means in terms of the identification of this re-entrance of a ray of infinite light and its identification with the expression of the Torah itself. But suffice it to say that for the time being, we're focusing strictly on the Kabbalah of Rav Chaim Vital. So we have this empty space, we have this vacant space, which now serves as a potential space, a womb-like area, wherein the worlds can unfold. And again, in the Kabbalah of Rav Chaim Vital, we're talking about five worlds. We're talking about that which corresponds to the uppermost point of the Yud, or the parts of Keser, which would be the world of Adam Kadmon, which we're going to be discussing at length. The Yud, which would be Chachma, corresponds to the world of Atzilus. And then the Hey Vav Hey, which correspond to Bina, Zeranpin, and Malchus, would be associated with the worlds of separation, Briya Yitzhira Nasiya. This Chalal, this empty space, this vacant space, this womb-like territory wherein all of existence can now germinate and unfold, is prepared for by the departure of the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it remains empty, standing at the ready to receive the worlds that will fill it. The Az, and at that point, and at this point after Tzimtzum, we're already talking about temporal fragmentation, right? Before the Or Ein Sof, before there was a removal of the Or Ein Sof, there was no time and there was no space. But when we look in the words of the Arizal, Kisha Allah Biratsono, Kisha Allah Biratsono, Kisha, the nature of when is the nature of the introduction of temporality. And then the determination of space is the introduction of spatial spatial quadrants. So what we understand from the Rishonim, in particular the Maharal, that time and space perpetually come hand in hand. When there's time, there's space, and when there's space, there's time. In spite of the fact that we can reach upwards towards the abstract conceptions of these things, the potential of space, the potential of time, even that is a symptom of minimization. But for our sake and purposes, the Halal and the worlds that fill it are going to be the place of the unfolding nature of past, present, and future temporality, as well as up, down, right, left, 
spatial coordination. So once we have this halal, now we already have this concept of time, so that once the halal was created, the az himshech min or ein soif kav echad yashir min ha'or ha'igul shalo me lamala lamata. Once HaKadosh Baruch Hu has arranged for it to be this circular empty space where all sides are equal distance from the center, HaKadosh Baruch Hu extended one singular straight ray from the light that was pushed out to the sides that is surrounding that empty circle, meaning all of the infinite light, so to speak, and spatial coordinates if we're making an empty space. So all of the light that previously had filled that space is pushed out to the sides where the infinite light still surrounds and saturates every possible point of that halal, and there's a ray, a singular ray of straight light that comes back down from that circular light that exists above, and it emerges from above to below, and it descends and it unfolds further and further into the halal. But and the upper point of the kav, the upper point of this infinite ray of light that descends back down into the vacant space, it is rooted in the infinite light that exists above the halal, and it draws down from that place. It draws down from that place. It's touching, it has an access point to the upper light. So what the Ari is setting us up with over here is understanding the image. So we have the circle, which is going to be the halal. At the very tip top of the halal, that point of confluence between the infinite light that surrounds the empty space and the beginning of that empty space where that light had been removed from. So at that very tip tip-top point, there is a direct encounter with the kav or ein sof, with that line, that ray of infinite light that is descending back down into the halal, but the kav does not descend down to the bottom of the halal. It suspends itself in its development and allows itself to rest in the middle prior to descending down to the very bottom of that halal. And the reason for this, the Arizal points out, is that the entire purpose of the creation of the halal, the entire purpose of the tzimtzum itself, was to move from an undifferentiated, infinite expression of godliness into the possibility of differentiation where we would then be capable of uncovering the light of the infinite within differentiation itself and within limitation itself, thereby revealing the novelty that God is not only found in the infinite and undifferentiated light of unity, but rather he can also be found in the limited and finite space of difference and gradations and levels. Now, it would be too easy, like we said in each year, to hold on to one side to say either God is all infinite or all finite, but how we can suspend in that dialectical paradigm both and at the very same moment is the very crux and the very core and the very radical that rests at the core of the Kabbalah of the Arizal. It's the secret of how we can develop a system that brings about levels and determinant gradations of something separating one thing from the other aspect of it, which is a product of the symptom that at the very same point, how to maintain the unbridled unity that persists and exists and continues to exist in every moment, even after the symptom. So what we have to come onto here is what we said before is a system that's not a system, measurement that's not a measurement, levels that are not levels, measurements that are not really measurements, up and down that in truth both reveal the unity of all things. So this is the very delicate nature of what the Ari is teaching us. So in order to ensure that the void 
that is now devoid of the infinite light of God not revert back to its original saturation where the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is ever present. So there needed to be a suspended development and that Kav could not go down to the bottom because if the Kav was connected equally from the top to the bottom, then the ray of infinite light would reveal that the light of the infinite is found at the top as well as the bottom, thereby negating any possibility of distinction, gradations, or levels. Therefore, throughout the process of existence, throughout the Shis Alfei Shan and the Havei Alma, the 6,000 millennia that mark this particular iteration of existence as we understand it, that line, that ray is not going to descend down to the bottom of the Chalal to ensure the sustenance and the sustainment of the particularization and the details which are fundamentally necessary for the Chiddush of the Arizal to take shape because we need the Pratim, we need the distinctive categories, we need what appears to be separation and levels in order to reveal in each and every level of separation and level that in truth it is a site where the infinite light reveals itself and without all of those gradations or particularizations that come about as a result of difference there would be no Chiddush, there would be no room for the Chiddush, so we are minding the difference here, we have to hold on to difference, one can say that at this stage in the Kabbalah of the Arizal, we are still in the process of understanding how difference can emerge from unity, that is the Chiddush that we're seeing right here and for that reason, that the Kav, Yoyred Lamata, Ubesofo Eno Nogeya, or in Sof. It doesn't touch the bottom. V'derech ha'kav hazen, it's specifically by way of this ray of light, nimshach v'nispashet or ensof lamata. This is specifically how the light of the infinite is going to be drawn down and is going to be expressed lamata. One can say that these two lashonos of nimshach v'nispashet, hamshacha is something that is going to be responsible by way of human beings, that I could draw something down through the investment of my efforts, my desire. That's what's going to be referred to as avodah l'tzarach gavoa, divine worship for the sake of above where I am drawing down more of a revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but that's the typical equation that we know that through the motivation from below, through the Isarusa de Latata, or the Mayan Nukvin, the feminine emergence of desire that cultivates a yearning sense for fulfillment from something above itself, so that is going to be that which unlocks the Hamshacha, the further drawing down of that light, but the Hispashtus, which is more of a natural verb, is the expression of light that's going to take place irrespective of human beings' activity. We know but there are in Kabbalah in the Arizal, there are two types of light. There is the light that is fundamentally necessary for the basic sustenance of existence, which was referred to as the lower levels of nefesh and ruach, which is always perpetually present. Nothing is ever lacking on those two most basic levels of the nair of the nefesh and the ruach. That light is always there ever since the Maisa Bereshis and ever since Adam Arishon. What is missing and what is up to us to try and draw down are the lights of Neshama, Chaya, and Yechida, which would be Bina, Chachman, Keser. That is what ships. Sometimes those lights will be revealed. Sometimes those lights will not be revealed. But what we must say is that fundamentally, the lights of Nefesh and Ruach, those lower elements of expression, are perpetually present. As the Tzadikim say on the Pasuk, Ner Hashem Nishmas Adam, that the Ner, the Nefesh and the Ruach, that basic sustenance of spirituality on the level of the body, on the level of the emotions, that which is inbred within me at every moment, that is the job of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has taken care of that. Ner Hashem. V'nishama v'nishma from the neshama and upwards, which is neshama chayin yechida, which is going to be bina chachman keser, where we have to draw down the moichin of bina during the week, where we draw down the moichin of chachman shabbos, and by shal shudas we draw down the moichin of keser. That's adam. That's going to be the avoda of the adam, and we can say that in these two lishonos that the arizal is bringing here with regards to the hamshacha of the or through the kav, the hamshacha is going to be what we have the capacity of drawing down those levels that we either have or we don't have at various points, or whether they're revealed or concealed within us. That's neshama 
Chaya and Yechida. That's going to be associated with the word Hamshacha, which is Tali in the Avoida of human beings. But Mispashet, that which unfolds naturally, is going to be the Nair, is going to be the Nefesh and the Ruach, which is the basic building blocks of what existence is at every moment. The Ari, the Ari continues, and within this empty space, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has emanated, has created, has formed, and has made all of these worlds, Atzilus, Yitzira, and Asiya, and the Kavze, and this Kav, this ray of infinite light that is descending down, so here we have an incredible, incredible Lashon from the Arizal, which is also expressed in the Sefer Ma'ayan Achachma, which is attributed to Kabbalah Sagoinim, attributed to Moshe Rabbeinu. But this Kav is like a minimal or singular tube, a tsinor, a very fine tube through which the waters of the infinite light flow down. Here we find this lashon of meimei ein sof, not or ein sof, but meimei ein sof, inundating waters, healing waters of the infinite. And here we're going to see the connection between the notion of a kav and the language of mikvah that the Ramchal points out, that just as a kav draws down the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so too does a mikvah represent an inundation with the light of the infinite, but expressed by way of the watery sense of infinitude. We find this also in the sixth day of Rabbi Nachman's Maisa, Mei Hasheva Batlarim, when it comes to the handless beggar, whose capacity and the speed of his hands is so intense that he has the capacity to retrieve the arrows even after they've been shot, which is the story and the secret of the Tikkun Klali, how to protect ourselves even in those areas that human beings don't have the capacity to protect themselves against. And in that place, the beggar has to run into the palace of water. So the palace of water that is somehow paradoxically a measured expression of water, water which is inundation, which represents the undoing of all distinction and all levels, but at the very same point, it's a water that sustains the distinction and the level itself, very similar to what was experienced in Kriyas Yamsef, where the water, that water, which is the very opposite of a choma, becomes congealed without actually congealing into a choma itself, which represents that paradoxical upkeep of that which can't stand on its own. And that infinite water that the that the sixth beggar, that Tzadik Emes has to be nichnas into in order to save the princess, is what is referred to as meme or ha'el, you know, that infinite light and the watery flow of the infinite that comes down through the kav, and it descends down into all of the worlds that exist within the empty air of that space within the empty air of that space. And the entire process of the Kav was ultimately for there to be gradations, for there to be linearity, for there to be above, middle, and below. That's the Tachlis of the Kav. The Arizal continues and he says, And when this Kav of Or Sof descends down into the Chalal, it does not unfold itself immediately, but rather, but rather, it descends down little by little, which we gave a shir on about how this represents the patience necessary in any development of spirituality. The What does this mean to say? Says the Ari. That in the beginning, in the beginning, the ray of light 
began to descend downwards. And then that is what we're going to be discussing next week, where that ray of light now transitions into two expressions of infinitude, two expressions of godliness, which are referred to as Igulim and Yoshar, which we're going to be discussing next week. But for our purposes, what we have now is the basic framework of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing once that halal is created. Once the halal has been formed, at this point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu reintroduces a ray of infinite light. Now, this ray of infinite light, first and foremost, what we have to be aware of is that it is a fundamental paradox. There is reason to believe, and there's a way of reading that looks at the tzimtzum. And like we said last week, everybody's interested in the nature of the tzimtzum. Everybody's wondering about the impossibility of the tzimtzum, the possibility of the tzimtzum, the theoretical antinomies at the heart of the notion of a tzimtzum. But ultimately, all of the questions that are applied to the tzimtzum seem to allow for the nature of the Kav to be introduced without any questioning. Because the Mephorshim, while they talk about the nature of the Kav, they talk about the unfolding light of infinitude that comes back down into that vacant space, it does not become as significant as a point of interpretation as the Tzimtzum does. And it's incredible because more than the paradox of the Tzimtzum is the paradox of the Kav. What we're talking about here is a reintroduction of a light of infinitude, which by definition negates any boundary, any separation, any limitation, in any measurement, yet at the very same point, it's a measured expression of that which is immeasurable. It's a finite expression of that which is infinite. It's a measureless expression of it's a it's a measured expression of the measurelessness of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And how could it be? How could it be that infinitude takes on a shape of a singular kav? This is the ultimate question and paradox that rests at the core of the secret of the Kav. The Kav is the interconnection. It is the impossible point of confluence between the infinite and the finite. And it is the radical possibility of both maintaining what appears to be an independent existence so that human beings can cultivate Bechira and operating in a space where we conceive ourselves as perhaps separate from the Rabbanish Leilam. That is what the process of the Kav is offering us. And in order for that to be effectuated properly, we have to come onto this profound paradox of terms, which on the one hand speaks of the expression of infinity back into the Halal, but at the very same point in the same breath, we're talking about a finite expression of infinity, which is a paradox in terms. In order to properly pick up on the nature of this significant question, we're going to look at what the Rebbe writes in his Hakdama to Rechav Sanar in Yam HaChochma Tavshin Ayin Dalid. And this is going to be a Bior on Daf Tes Amad Beis, on Daf Shin Mem Tes. The Rebbe says as follows, that... What is the depth of the matter with regards to the reintroduction and the drawing down of the light of the infinite into the vacant space that is devoid of infinitude through the singular ray of the infinite light? This is a profound <coughs> and frightening chiddush. Even the language of what we're discussing, a ray or a line of infinitude, this is a profound and overwhelming wondrous Chiddush, because it's a stira mina it is a contradiction of terms within itself. The kav hutsinor vidvul, because the nature of a ray implies a certain tubular shape, which represents a limitation. And what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has done is he has allowed the infinite light of himself to enter into a finite vessel that has the capacity of minimizing it and measuring it. The kuhu kayach hafla 
And in truth, the only way to understand this radical secret of how the infinite can express itself through the finite without negating either one of them, it's the wondrous power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's infinite capacity to do the opposite of what is possible. Because what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has done is that he drew down HaKadosh Baruch Hu is drawing down the power of the infinite into the finite itself. And specifically through this, and it's only through this radical nature of the Kav, which is a reintroduction of the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which couldn't have previously remained there because of there would have been no possibility for separation. But now that there's a possibility of separation, it reintroduces itself back to, as, as to allow a certain form of connectivity. And now, as a result of the Kav, we have some capacity to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu through this notion of service of God for the sake of God himself, so to speak. Because from the perspective of the infinite light prior to the Tzimtzum, there's no capacity and no notion of any grasp of HaKadosh Baruch Hu because there's no nature of grasping anything. And certainly it's not possible to serve God in a position like that because there's nothing other than God, nothing other than the existence of the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as the Rebbe says. But from the other perspective, but once HaKadosh Baruch has been Mitzamsim himself without the Kav, at that point, all of the work is only for ourselves. At that point, if there was a real separation between the infinite and the finite, our only job would be to exit the finite and grasp towards the infinite. But the work would not be to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the finite void. Ah. However, but through the radical novelty of the introduction and the re-entrance of this measured ray of infinite light, which in and of itself is a thing and its opposite. It's a measured expression of immeasurability. It's a finite expression of the infinite. Because what we're talking about is an unlimited and immeasurable light that is entering into measurement and limitation. The From one perspective, we're talking about an infinite light as it existed prior to the Tzimtzum. But from the other perspective, we're talking about a light that has entered into limitation at this point. We have this paradox. And it's specifically through this. And it's specifically through the reintroduction, this radical reintroduction of the Kav back into the Halal, which allows for the interconnection between the unlimited and the limited. The Kedisa B'Chazal. Like Chazal say that it's specifically Klal Yisrael that is going to give sustenance to Rabbi Shlaim. Ella Mikol Zeh. But nevertheless, all of this is mitzad hachidosh. This is an utter novelty. It's an impossibility. That even though Hakadosh Baruch Hu could reveal himself from the perspective of Shlemus, he also now has the capacity of revealing himself through what appears to be the opposite of Shlemus, which is going to be the kav. This is the secret of beligvul begvul, unlimited expressing itself within limitation itself, not the unlimited coming and negating the possibility of limitation but rather the unlimited and the immeasurable expressing itself within the finite itself. And that is what gives birth to the Avoidah of the Rabbeinu Shleilam through the Vekas Amiti of the Kav. So what we see from the Rebbe is that the Kav is ultimately an impossibility. The Kav represents at the very point of initiation that to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a Nivra, to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a creature, 
is to engage in a fundamentally paradoxical process, which on the one hand, has me fully aware of the fact that nothing exists other than the Rabbi Shlaylam and Ein Oin Movadoksiv, which negates any prospect of Bechira, negates any prospect of self-authentification and any process that I might engage in. Yet at the very same point, that infinite light expresses itself to us by way of measurement, which enables engagement, which enables concealment, which enables Bechira. And it's through this very radical nature of the Kav that human experience and the possibility of human experience is born. And this is exactly what we mean when Ari says that the Kav does not go down to the bottom of the Halal, because if the Kav had gone down to the bottom of the Halal, then infinitude would meet infinitude, and any possibility of setting up some finite space would be negated from the get-go. But we find something incredible. The Rebbe Rashab in Hemshech Samach Vav asks a very significant question that seems to be rooted in the Mefor Sheha Arizal on this sugya. The Rebbe Rashab's question is as follows. The Rebbe Rashab's question says, why could HaKadosh Baruch Hu not have just left the same amount of light that he planned on reintroducing through the Kav in that vacant space? Why did Hashem have to negate all of the light from the Halal through the act of the Tzimtzum? Why did Tzimtzum have to be an act of utter concealment or utter removal? Why couldn't the Tzimtzum have simply been leaving a measured amount of infinite light that continued to exist so that creation can take shape. Meaning to say, why did there have to be a full Simpson and then a reintroduction? Why could there not have been an original minimization while leaving alone that remainder amount of light that is necessary for the creation of the world? And the Rebbe Rashab, as well as the other Nesiei Chabad, and Rabbi Nachman explains this as well, and the Rashash explains this as well, they say as follows. The entire Tachlis of the Simpson is to allow for there to be the appearance and the sense of separation from the infinite. And that is what allows for vessels to form. And in spite of the fact that vessels are never separate from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as we're going to see, and in spite of the fact that nothing is ever separate from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in order to give shape to the possibility of the human being or existence feeling itself as separate and apart from the infinite light, there needed to actually be a Nasira. There needed to actually be a Nitok, a removal of all of that infinite light and a moment of disillusionment wherein creation is now for a, a second, a split second, an immeasurable amount of time to, to feel that the infinite light is gone. And then suddenly to allow that re-infinite light to re-enter back into the halal. Had there not been that moment of suspended belief, that moment of disillusionment, that moment that allows the kalim or emptiness to take on some self-identity, which appears to be separate, that is what enables the process of Avedis Hashem. So the Rebbe Rashab says that the very reason that we had to remove all of the light, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to remove all of the light of its entirety and to re-enter that Kav back down is so that existence can properly take shape. Now, the Ari says that the reason the, the Kav does not go down to the Halal is so as to ensure that up, middle, and bottom continue to exist. Because what happens in the departure of the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the remaining Halal and the reintroduction of the Kav is that now we are operating in a linear hierarchical system with a Kav or a Sof that goes from a top to a middle to a bottom. We now have top, middle, and bottom, which represents gradations, which represents levels, that the top has a certain proximity that the middle does not have, and the middle has a certain proximity that the bottom does not have. And once we're speaking about different levels of proximity and distance, we're already talking about different levels of expression and exposure, and we're talking about things that are closer or farther, things 
things that are considered up or down, more valuable or less valuable. All of these valuations, all of these determinations of what something is worth or what role it plays are only post the tzimtzum. Had the kav gone all the way down to the bottom of the halal, all of those distinctions would fall apart. And we find something incredible. The Rebbe Rashab in Samichvav, as well as Nuntes, as well as Leshem Shabbat Vachaloma and Sefer HaKlalim Klal Yud Zayin, they both announce, and it's not found as far as I understand in other Mekubalim, although the Rebbe Rashab quotes Mekubalim Acherim, what the idea is, is that Lavo, you're right, that the ray does not descend down to the bottom of the halal because we need to ensure the continuation of distinction and separation for the sake of Avoida. Nevertheless, in the coming of Mashiach, at the time of redemption, when things reach their fulfillment and things reach a stage of completion, so then that kav is going to be yoreid down to the bottom of the halal. That ray of light is going to descend down to the bottom and it's going to be revealed that just as above is directly connected to the infinite, so too below is connected to the infinite. And at that moment, those who thought that they were above and those who thought that they were below are going to see an oilam hafuch ra'isi, and there's going to be a revelation of shivisi Hashem l'negdi tamid, and that kashem shekilusa shalakadosh baruch hu oilam meganeidim, kach kilusa shalakadosh baruch hu oilam meganeidim, and just as the praise of the rabbinish l'elam ascends from heaven, which is going to be oriented towards the upper point of the kav in proximity to the infinite light, it ascends as well from Gehenim, which is going to be associated and ascribed with the lower part of the halal, which does not maintain an inherent connection. When that bottom is revealed to be equidistant to the Rabbanishlam, just as the top, we're going to come to see that kulam yado that above and below everything is the same. And theoretically, according to the Rabbi Rashab or according to the Leshem, that would result in the negation of levels. That would result in the negation of all particularization. It would be a reversion back to that original form of infinitude, which would negate any possibility of differentiation, receptivity, or gradations. But what we know fundamentally, as the Rebbe continues to teach us over and over and over again, is that in spite of the fact that, yes, there are ceilings to be reached, and there are moments of completion to be reached, nevertheless, those levels of completion are simply relative levels of perfection in relationship to the effort and the distinction that preceded it. But in relationship to that which is above it, as we're going to see, every level of shleimus is also going to have to be seen through the lens of continued lack in relationship to that which is above it, because the most fundamental klal in Avodah Hashem is Kedushah Silamalim, Kedushah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's infinitude and His holiness is perpetually removed from grasp of the human being's capacity to behold it. That doesn't mean that we can't reach levels, but what it does mean is that we can never reach a level where we feel that we have reached the end of all levels, and that every level that we reach opens upon new vistas of untold infinite levels of His Kashra Sadar Abanish and Ein Lahem Menucha Loi Ba'ilam Hazev Loi Ba'ilam Haba, because they're Hoylech Mechayel Al Chayel, and through the of relativity, there's always infinite gradations to grow and infinite worlds to grow in. So how can we say then that with the Yerida, with the descent of the Kav back down to the bottom of the Halal, there's going to be a negation of all boundaries, which would seemingly be a reversion back to that original expression of infinitude, thereby negating human experience. So over here, the Rebbe Rashab says something absolutely, absolutely fundamental and equally paradoxical, that the Rebbe Rashab says, and don't think don't think that the descent of the halal, the, the descent of the kav, 
back down to the bottom of the halal is going to be the negation of all particularization, the negation of all space, the negation of all separation and all distinction that enables the possibility of Avedis Hashem, because the radical novelty that's going to take place is that, yes, the Kav is going to be Yori down to the bottom of the halal, but nevertheless, the distinctions and the boundaries are still going to exist, and every particularization and particular moment of concealment that necessitated effort and the purpose of serving God, which is the birthplace of pleasure and joy, is not going to be erased, it's not going to be negated, but it's going to be paradoxically upheld at the very same moment that the necessity of distinction is going to be negated. Meaning to say that there's going to be a heskalus of the universal principle of the klal of the infinite, yet within the infinite, the finite expressions of infinitude are going to continue to take shape. They're going to be mavutl betachlis sabitl. they'll be negated, but their negation will not negate their existence, but rather they will exist by way of non-existence. This is the same way that the Rebbe Rashab very delicately explained explains the nature of mitzvos betelos la'asilavo, as the Rebbe explains mifurash in a very clear way in his haktama to the Bilvavi Mishkan Evna's parish on Rehova Sanar, and there's a Hakdama Mikhtav Bracha there, which the Rebbe spends a lot of time describing the fundamental necessity of always ensuring that whether we reach the top or not, we have never fully reached the top. And even at the point where the distinction and the particularization is negated, it doesn't mean it's actually negated, it just means it's negated from the element of distinction and struggle, but it doesn't mean that separation and the motivation towards growth is going to be removed. And so, yes, in spite of the fact that the Kav will come down to the bottom of the Halal, nevertheless, all of the benefits that are gained by encountering distinction and difference and concealment and darkness in one's life are still going to be expressive, are still going to be there. Now, when it comes to when it comes to the kav, when it comes to the kav, the Rashash says something absolutely incredible. The Rashash is something referred to as Haktamas Taryag Mitzvos that was written at the end of Rehovah Sanar. And the Ben Yishchai, when he sent Talmidim to Yerushalayim and they were wondering what it would take to find the Rebbe to teach them Pnimiya Satora, the, the Rashash said, or the Ben Yishchai said, find someone who can explain this notion of the Rashash to you and they'll be somebody who's worthy of being your Rebbe. And the notion is as follows, that the Kav is identifiable with the Or of the Torah, that the Torah HaKadosha itself, the Chumlit Shechum Torah, the Luchos Ashniyos, the Luchos Arishonos that come down as the expression and the congealment of the divine will into existence that allows us to engage in Torah and mitzvahs and forms of connectivity, that is the expression of the Kav. Every time a person is accessing Torah, every time a person is engaged in a mitzvah, they are engaging in the Kav of the Or Ein Sof, which is the reintroduction and the re-expression of further expressions and drip drops of infinitude down into the finite reality, wherein through our engagement with the Torah, through the mitzvahs, we have the capacity of transforming this lowly experience, this dira betachtoinim, which appears to be so saturated in its concealment, and we have the ability to transform it into a place of ruchnias, to reveal that here too, in the halal, I have the capacity of finding the rabbi nishlalem, and that is what the engagement with Torah is, where a person's life is transformed into a life of Torah, where the Torah itself is the infinite expressing itself within finite. They are letters of infinitude expressing themselves within the infinitude found within letters. And when I descend down into the letters, I can find the alamos, neshamos, velikos, the worlds, the godliness and the souls that exist within each and every letter, thereby revealing that the letters of the Torah, the Aslan de Kedusha, the Aleph, Beis, Gimel, Dalet, Vichule, are really the receptacles that reveal the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And every word or every letter of Kedusha, Aleph, Beis, Gimel, Dalet, that leaves my mouth is another expression of the infinite ray of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light descending 
sending back down and being metahir, the avir hatame of this worldliness. That's the avoida. And that's where we see the connection between the kav or in sof and the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk. Because like we said, in the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk, the original worlds that are being drawn down into the halal is the world of the primordial Torah. The world of the primordial Torah, the Olamus Amalbush, which is the expression of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's desire in this world, is the Torah, and the Torah is the Kav. And what we have here, as the Rebbe points out, is a connection between the Kabbalah of Mahari Saruk and Rav Chaim Vital. Now, the Ramchal points out in his Drusha Kivoy, that the entire purpose of the Tzimtzum was to create and reveal this notion of deficiency, this notion of a space devoid of the Rabbani Shleilam. And the entire nature of the Kav is to be makava, to have kivoy, to the fact that the Kaddish Baruch is going to reveal himself once again within that distinction and within that concealment. For our purposes, the Avoida of the Kav is the Avoida of believing that in spite of the fact that this world appears to be a jungle, in spite of the fact that this world appears to be so devoid and separate from the infinite light of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, ad kedekach, that we don't have the ability to ever lay claim to the certainty that everything is infinite, but rather it's dependent on an expression of emuna, which is higher than certainty. But nevertheless, the symptoms of day-to-day -day life, the stuckness when the the stuckness within the hastara, the darkness that is concealed over itself, the concealment within the concealment, all of the difficulties, all of the individual difficulties, all of the collective difficulties, every difficulty of the mind, every struggle of the body, every ounce of effort that is necessary to be a functional human being in a day-to-day, hour-by-hour process in this world are all symptoms of the tzimtzum. They are all direct results of the fact that we function in a world where it appears and deliberately appears so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is empty. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has emptied himself out from this place. And the kav, that reintroduction of that or ein sof, the reintroduction and the belief, the impossible belief that the infinite can re-enter into the space of the finite and finite can continue to exist and the infinite can continue to exist as well at the very same paradoxical moment, that is the hope that we have in our hearts. That is the kivoy, that is the kave al Hashem koach, that we need more strength and the hope is to draw down the kav. And with hope is what draws the kav further and further, further, further down into the space that we find ourselves to the point that we can live already with that ideal of drawing the Kav down into the lowest places. As we know, the Kabbalah of the Arizal undergoes a real shift, a redemptive shift through the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, as well as Rabbi Nachman Menfege and all of the Sifrei Chassidus, in particular Chabad Lubavitch, we see that we can taste the future and the present. And if that's the case, then we can see it right now that where I stand at the very bottom of the Halal, I am waiting for the Kav to come back down to reveal that right where I stand, I'm with you, Rabbi Nishleilam. And the only way to do that is with hope, which is why Rabbi Nachman asers Yeyush under all circumstances, because to be Miyayish is to imply that the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu can no longer descend down into this world when ultimately the entire Tachlis of Yid in this world is to affirm, 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 affirm over and over the possibility and the presence of the infinite light very specifically where it appears to be absent, where it appears to be impossible of being revealed. And this is what the Rebbe describes at the end of his life, the Balatanya sitting on his deathbed after giving over some of the deepest Torah, Nefesh Ashvala, which we'll be discussing at length, Be'ezra Sashem. He asked for a cup of coffee, even before Havdal, and after going through the halachic discourse as to why that was allowed, the Rebbe, Ravichemayr Shlita, points out that the ultimate reason that the Balatanya wanted to ask for a cup of coffee was because coffee is the language of kafe, of kivoy, <coughs> 
And in the end of the day, all we have is kivoy. All we have is the kav. All we have is the ability to believe ever so slightly in another opportunity for Torah and another opportunity for that kav to come down into this halal, thereby revealing that the halal itself is going to be a makom of chayim because halal is gematria chayim. And in that sense, the kav is the very space upon which all of the worlds are going to unfold and all of the worlds, Adam Kadmon, Atzilis, Bri, Yitzira, are going to engarb themselves and again, this is just one particular sugya of understanding the kav. We have many other ways to understand it between the difference between the, the tsinor of the kav and the chut of the kav, or what the ava sashem, the bior of Rav Yosef Sabdon on the Idra Zuta has, revealing that Be'emes, even the kav is just a relative form of perfection in relationship to that which exists above it. And Be'ezra Sashem, we should continue to be zoycha to drink from the healing waters of the Arizal with Igulim and Yoshar the upcoming week, Be'ezra Sashem. The music is by Zusha. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs>